Okay, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Midwife Monday. I'm Jay Lynn. I'm Andy. We're the midwives of Holistic Care to Childbirth. Sorry yeah. we're late. Uh, just our morning ran late. I honestly was just talking. That's the truth. <laughs> I actually was talking about my obsession. Oh, no. With, you don't with, want to uh, hear what she's veins. talking about. Oh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what there you're talking No, you that's like disorder. nurse. No. <laughs> it's like nurse porn. People want to put. No, I get the nurse porn, but you take it, it to a whole different level. As only Andy can do. There's no other vein that looks like that one that runs down the penis. And that. Hi, Kim. Welcome to Midwife Monday. Thank you, Okay. Two things I want to say. Maybe three, but two, and I'll make them fast. One of them is we have an event coming up. Yes. We haven't so had excited. an event in so long, and I'm actually having withdrawals. Yeah, me too. Um, we still can't meet in person just because, um, but we're going to do virtual, that's a word. Virtual. Virtual red tent. Um, if you want to be a part of it, it's going to be a Zoom meeting. It's going to be birth storytelling, but we do have to have your email to send you the link. And I would guess like... We don't need to have like a hundred people or then we need to break it into two rooms. It'll just be too much. Um, and it's going to be fun. I like to tell my stories just because I like my voice. And then you barely ever tell your stories. I know. There's you no time. Tires. There's no time. I want everyone else Who is to it that's in. taking up all the time? You. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we'd love to hear your stories, and it really doesn't matter if they're happy, sad, empowering, disheartening, traumatic. It doesn't matter. Every story is worth being heard, it and it's going to be a good time. And it's at the end of August. It's on our events page, so go check it out. And if you want to do it, message us your email. We'll keep a list, and we'll send an invitation out when it gets closer. Yeah. Good? Yeah, good. Okay. Oh, and I had, like, my biggest hypnobirthing class ever this weekend. Were you uh, nervous? Y'all. <laughs> I'm so nervous. Like, I don't like getting in front of a lot, big group. Like, small groups, one-on-one. -on -one. It feels one-on-one. -on -one. You realize, like, 14,000 people no, are watching. No, six people. That's all I imagine. <laughs> six people are watching it. Um, he'll never see me or know me. That's what I imagine. So, anyways, I had 14 people in my class, and so I was really nervous. And I tend to get stupid. Like, the more people are around me, the stupider I become. But it went really well. Of course it did. It was fun. They're Good. a great group. And they're going to all birth beautifully. Yeah. Birthing is, a, is the jam, so do it. Okay. So now I have to just vent. So, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm already in my mind coming up with all my great comebacks for when I'm driving home and I'm going to pull over and tell this guy. So, obviously, I've gained weight. If you go back and watch the Midwife Mondays, it's like, oh, she's getting bigger. She's getting bigger. She's big. Whatever. I don't care what you think. I'm big. I'm owning it. Well, this morning I went full fat, stopped and got a donut because I deserve that bitch. I deserve that donut. I haven't had a donut in a long time and I wanted it. And I was fussy. So I was going to get a donut and a large Coke. Okay? Which is don't do, don't do what I say. No, don't do what I do. Do what I say. That's what I meant. So I stopped, get my donut, get my large Coke. I'm at the window and he looks at me and I actually thought I looked cute today. Yeah, Even though my husband told me my hair was seasoned, which I don't know what that means. If I'm old, I guess long hair makes me old. So I was already one strike because my husband, who's supposed to think I'm the hottest person on earth, told me I was seasoned. Yeah. Chris, if you're listening, that's a terrible comment. Terrible. 
But then I sent him a dirty text about my seasoned mouth that he's not going to have or something like that. Yeah. Don't play. Don't tell me I'm dressed because then mm, I will straight ground you. I digress. Roll up at at the donut place. Order my fat people donut. Order my fat people drink. And then I get to the window and he looks at me and he says, Diet Coke? And I said, no, regular Coke. And then he looked at me again as if to say, are you sure? And you know, in the moment you can't come up with like, I'm sorry, you have a micro penis, like a really good, like <laughs> equally hurtful thing to say back. Um, I just strolled away and thought, oh, no, certainly he didn't. No, he did. And got more angry by the moment as I drank my Coke and ate my donut. And I'm like, you need it. I'm surprised you don't have it because you know, you have five children and your oldest is 22, but you need to really learn how to develop the look of death. Like sometimes I can look at somebody and they're like, Oh shit. She's <laughs> well, because at first I thought, am I, I said that. Am I hearing this correctly? And what I really wanted to say is like, I don't do shit half ass. I'm either going full fat. What's the the diet coke with the donut? What is that going to help me? I've ate my calories for the day right there just with the donut. Get out of my face, turd. So he's a kumquat. <gasps> Andy. And that That's was rude. Anyways, anyways, it's rude. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Gindy. Hi, Jackie. And it's rude anyways. It's Besides, rude. And it's there to feelings. make money, and he should not care about anything like that. Thank you for coming to my store and spending money. That's all he should care he about. He hurt my feelings. He's a jerk. Jerk. You're beautiful. Yeah, I call my best friend and she's like, we're going to crap in a bag and take it. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to hear. Dookie in a bag on his porch. We digress. Let's talk about pap smears and HPV. Yeah, things have changed, y'all. Things for the better. For the better. Finally. And it's because of social media, it's being widespread. So, so many people are getting to see the new guidelines. And it's not out yet. But they've released what they are, and I think it's in three months that it's going to go into effect. These are the new guidelines. Yeah. And it's not Dingleberry Joe putting these guidelines out. It is the American Cancer Association and the big, it's like five different initials, the people who put out this giant, crazy algorithm that nobody yeah. knows. Well, they specialize in cervical cancers. Right. And it, it is a super, super long name. And we're going to, um, I think we talked about putting the actual guidelines on our resource page. Well, I told you to do that. Okay. okay. I didn't do it yet. Well, yeah. they're not like the algorithm's not exactly out. And the, and the. No, but just the guidelines would be good. Just the website? Maybe the website, because it links okay. you to it. We'll figure out how to way to, how, how best to get the information to you. Because we want everyone to have it. It's kind of good. I like it. I wanted to start, you didn't do this in your stuff that you sent me, but I wanted to talk a little bit about history. Okay, do it. Of it. So really, um, in the 1930s, uterine cancer and cervical cancer were, almost the number one killer of women. More women had that than breast cancer, lung cancer, um, any other type of cancer. So it wasn't until the 1930s that testing was actually developed to um, screen for this cancer and get on ahead of it. So that's kind of cool. That was Dr. Papin Solo Lau. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> Anyway, that's why it's called the PAP. <laughs> How do you say that name? See? Yep. Yeah. Papa Nicolau. <laughs> C. 
Sorry, this poor guy's got a crazy name. And then it wasn't until, uh, it didn't even give the year when Dr. Zuru Hassan discovered that HPV was associated with uh, cervical cancers. But I remember when that came out. That came out about 25 years ago. That's how old I am. That really made me feel old to think like that. Jiminy Christmas. Um, so it's kind of cool that they found that association. And now I think the next step of screening is going to, we're going to be able to screen by blood tests instead of be nice. doing anything vaginally. Because nobody likes it. Nobody likes a pap smear. Nobody looks for yeah. it. Well, there might be somebody on earth that does, but the majority of us don't like it. It's uncomfortable. It's vulnerable. We're exposed. It can mm -hmm. be a little like pinchy. Um, we can have bleeding afterwards, cramping afterwards. It's not fun for anybody, right? Yeah. Um, and I think first, some we just assume people know all their body parts. So let's just take a really quick anatomy lesson. Your cervix. So if you think of the whole thing, you have the tube that's the vagina. Everybody knows what a vagina is. You should go is. get the little stuffed animal. Uterus. Okay. Hold on. Oh, what? Oh. She'll get it. And okay. then you can show. So we have the tube that's the vagina. And I... I always think of it in pictures, so I'm thinking of it as like a strip club. And the vagina is the club where everything's happening. Oh, Lordy B. Jr. Well, let's just do the uterus. So we have the vagina that's a tube down here. It's like the club. It's where all the happening party is. And then we have the saloon door right here of the cervix. Oh, it's got a button. This is the cervix, and it really is like a little dot, and it opens up when the baby comes out. and um, It opens up when you are ovulating. Yeah, but typically it's pretty closed. Um, and it's the door that leads to the VIP club. That's how I think about it. And that's the uterus, right? Well, all these abnormal cells tend to stick around where the cervix is, mm -hmm. where, all, where the saloon doors are. Um, so what we do is we go in with a glorified Q-tip type instrument that has little soft bristles at the end. Some people use this thing called a spatula and it's more of a scraper. I really like the broom. It's got soft little bristles. You know those cute silicone ones that you baste a barbecue with and you put the barbecue sauce on? That's really what those bristles feel like. They're soft. And it's like a little tippity broom. And we use the duck bill, which is the speculum, to crank, crank, crank it open. And it's not that we're trying to open up your cervix. We're actually, because the vagina falls in on itself. So what we're doing is opening up the vagina so we can see the cervix because we need to push back the vaginal wall to be able to see the cervix so to get the broom to the opening because that's where the money cells are. Yes. yes. But things have changed. <laughs> yes, they have. That's what I'm going to talk That's what I'm really excited right. about. How do you get... To test for HPV, because that's exciting. That's exciting. And this probably doesn't sound exciting when everyone saw the picture that like, taps and HPV, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But this is exciting. It is exciting. Go ahead, tell them. Okay, so, of how we're testing for HPV? Well, yeah, whatever you're saying. Well, I was, okay. I was just saying, that's how we get the cells That's off. how, it, that's what we call a pap smear. So when you're doing that, you're actually getting those cells, and that's the official definition of a pap smear. And that's how you tell about the cancer cells. But now the new guidelines are asking you, are asking us just to test for primarily for HPV and not do the pap. Is it necessary? 
Because HPV is really the tricky trickster. Correct. Because HPV, human papillomavirus, is what causes over 95% of all cervical cancers. So the new guideline is to check, just test primarily for HPV and not necessarily the pap. How that benefits you is you can do your own HPV testing. You can put the swab in, you can twirl it around and get all the, get the cells from just that vaginal canal, um, put it in a container and send it off to yourself, which is awesome for people who don't want to go and have that test done or have right. someone else do it. Um, your provider can do it for you. Now, I don't think your normal mainstream medical people are going to like this plan because then that doesn't mean you have to come in. But you still need to go in. You still need physicals. You still need breast exams. But if you're just tasting, testing for HPV, you don't need to do that speculum exam anymore. And it's the speculum part that nobody, nobody likes. likes. Nobody and likes you're it. so vulnerable. Um, and typically when you're going into most uh, physician's office, your legs get put up in these big stirrups and you're very exposed. Um, and there's more than one person here. in the room because yeah. of the policy. And we don't put you in stirrups here. Um, which is nice, but um, yeah, so that's a really, I think we're going to get better testing actually if people feel like um, they don't have to have that exam. I agree. I agree. And and usually we ask and co-test sometimes anyway. We were yeah. already doing co-testing because really that's what you want to know. Right. Is the HPV there? Yeah. The old guidelines used to be over 30, you co-tested and under 30, you just tested every three years. And then if there was something abnormal, then you what we called reflexed and then they would test for HPV. But now the guideline has changed and they really want to know what's your HPV status. I like it. Yeah. I like it, it a lot. It makes so much more sense. Uh, also, anytime you're having any test, you should always know what what's going on. So is it a safe test? Yes. There aren't very many risks, but just know it's not foolproof. Um, you can have false positives and false negatives. That's with anything because this is not diagnostic. Um, it could come back as saying, like a false negative could come back because you just didn't get enough cells on the broom. Um, or there's just, too small of a number of abnormal smell smells <laughs> cells because it just started growing. Um, and the other thing that I really like about the new guidelines is they've pushed that age up a little bit yes. because we've said this, we've been saying it for years, but when we're in the prime of our youth, cause HPV is a sexually transmitted infection typically. Um, and youthful people have a great way of just clearing that infection out. That's why, because yes. it used to be, oh, if you tested positive for these abnormal cells, you have to get tested more frequently and the body would just get rid of it. Um, right. After a couple of years, you would have a negative PAP. Well, here's the deal. We've come from, you need to PAP, you need to start getting PAPs when you start having sex to the old guideline was at 21. You don't need a pap before 21 because you're young and you clear it as a teenager. And now they're finding women in their early 20s are still clearing the HPV virus. Nice. Nice. Um, and the consequences of uh, that's happened with a lot of women that had those early tests is that they do certain um, other procedures to get rid of those cells, which cause the cervix not to be able to close and people were having more miscarriages. Yeah. So now they're like, well, that wasn't a good idea. 
That's science. I think we had that discussion last week how science changes as we learn and know more. So it's not, science isn't always concrete. No, it's not. I think we covered that. Um, One of the, I think you, did you miss it, the ask us? We haven't got to that yet. Okay. Um, I will say to prep for a pap smear, there's not a whole lot you have to do, but your best results are going to be when you're not um, on your cycle because those red blood cells can interfere with the other cells. Try to get it on one of the other weeks, so don't schedule it if you know you're about to have your period. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do, sh- like, just leave your vagina alone. That's the best thing. And they said no sex, but I don't really understand why. Why can't you have sex? Except for three days. Come on. Well, Maybe not that morning, so you have something well, sitting I wonder, back there. But but what if he's got HPV in the sperm, and you're picking it up from him and not you? Well, that's what that was the recommendation. Not okay. when you're on your cycle, don't douche and don't have sex for um, 48 to 72 hours before you're going to have a pap. That was the recommendation. Makes sense to me if you're screening for HPV. Okay. All right. So that's the recommendation. Um, after the pap smear, no restrictions. Back to normal life. You might have a little bit of spotting just because we have made the cervix a little angry with that broom and maybe broke a little vessels. But you shouldn't be having cramping all day. You shouldn't be having heavy bleeding. It should be like a spot. Put a little panty liner on and that's it. Yeah. And it usually takes about a week to come back. One of the number one results that we get back, um, and I really wanted to touch on this because sometimes, like a lot of times, we'll get clients in here, and we always talk about that history, and they'll say, oh, I had an abnormal pap, and then when you actually get the results, and it said ASCUS, which has a fancy name, atypical cells of undetermined significance. So what that really means is, oh, well, no, that's what it means. It means there's a little inflammation at the cervix, and we don't know that it means anything at all. It's a big I don't know, which kind of, but then what happens sometimes is they're asked to come back and rescreen every six months because they had these ascus, which is a big I don't know. We have a little inflammation at the moment, which could be caused by smoking. I don't know if you know that, but a lot of people who smoke will have a lot of ascus on their paps, and they're getting paps all the time. Um which is a little crazy. Um, so you have that. You could just have a virus. You could have had sex a few days ago and maybe just have some light irritation at the cervix. Um, so it's a big I don't know. And then that I don't know is so scary. Right. Well, it's a big I don't know and it means nothing. What they really know is they know it means nothing. But if it's ASCUS and you have HPV, that's a different story. Then you'd want to be following up. Right. With that. And that's why I love the, the co-testing. Yes. Love it. Um, and if it's ASCUS with no HPV, if that's negative, then you're normal. You're like everybody else, five years. Yep. Um, so this is the time, because sometimes when you get your results back and it says negative or positive, this is the one time you want to be a negative Nancy. Yes. You win when you're negative. That means <laughs> everything was clear. A positive result would be when you get the ASCUS or then some of the other ones that um, do need to be followed up with heavier testing that's more diagnostic. Yeah. I wrote all of those out. I don't know if you want to talk I think about I did, it. but we can. We can do it fast, not as much as I wrote. Jeez, what was I thinking? And most of them, and most of these, if you've got an HPV status of negative, then we're not too worried about it. It's really the HPV that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So if you've got any kind of abnormal cells, I think the next one is squamous intra- 
epithelial lesions? And no, when you get the positive, if you get the positive, that does not mean you have cancer. No. It just means you have some abnormal cells. And that's, that's what it. they call possible precancer cells. But again, on that one, if you're HPV negative, you're golden. And that's why they're, that's why the new guidelines are really not to do the PAP anymore. Because those cells don't mean anything if you're HPV negative. And the guidelines finally have told people that have had hysterectomies that don't have all those organs anymore, unless you're having symptoms or have a heavy history to not test at all. Right. Finally, the guidelines say that. Yep. Did you do these ones? I just did that one. You can do that. Okay. Atypical glandular cells. Um, they produce mucus and they really grow in the opening of the cervix. Um, and they kind of start going inside of the uterus as well. So they don't stay just at the mouth or at the saloon doors. They actually go to the VIP club. Those are the cells that make the super highway for the sperm to slide on up. Yep. Cute. <laughs> uh, fast and furious. Um, and they actually look a little bit different than other cells, and that's why they create that. Um, and it's unclear whether they're cancerous and you need more testing. So if you come back and it says atypical glandular cells, that's one of the ones that um, more testing is needed. And then they do have squamous cells or adenocarcinoma cells, which are a type of cancer cells that arise from the flat surface of the vagina or the cervix. So those would be um, positive for cancer cells. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you did the sin one, sin two, did you? I didn't because it got so complicated and long. But okay. if you know it by heart, you can do it. Okay. And then when you get classifications of those cells, I, I like to go over it because I see them in reports and people are they just do. like clueless. They don't know what's going on. Sin one is cervical intraepithelial neoplasia, mild dysplasia, or mild abnormal cells. And again, if you're HPV negative, we're not really too concerned about SIN1. Uh, but typically, sometimes they like to look at this closer under a microscope and take some cells and look at it. But if it's SIN1, you might want to say, let's take a look at it in six months to a year instead of a colposcopy. Yeah. And that's really the two things they're going to do is a colposcopy or a biopsy. And both of those feel very, very ish. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that is. We don't either. We have visitors. Oh, I did put a little bit of sin oh, 2 in there. Yeah, and then there's sin 2 and sin 3. Those are moderate dysplasias of the cervix, um, or they're considered high grade, and they're more serious precancer cells, and you do need to be conscientious and be doing something about that. And that's where you do the colposcopy, which is really is when they go in with that. Um, Magnifying light tell me no what am i thinking what word am i thinking it's such a silly word um the spatula speculum speculum thank you they go in with the speculum and they really are looking at your cervix under a microscope and they put this little acetonic solution on it and it like brightens up any kind of cancer cells and then they take little samples of it and then they um that's really where you get those higher diagnostic tests of cancer cells and then they cut it out if it's positive that's where the leap in the cryos come in yep and that's a whole different midwife monday this is mostly so you know your guidelines. Yes. Um, they are not what they were before. The time of doing this every year, just because, and so many people say, oh, it's time for my well woman. And that automatically then means it's time for their pap. The day of that is over. Right. 
You, the insurance will still pay for it. And I think that's why it still happens. Um, it's probably doctors are still going to be recommending it. Um, they're not real comfortable with the new guidelines in general. They weren't comfortable with the old guidelines. I don't imagine that they're going to be comfortable with the new ones. And I think it, you know, if you're willing to go into your doctor's office once a year for that exam and have it done and they're getting paid for it, they're not going to say, no, don't do it. Right? It's yeah. A, part of me feels like it's a money grab. Oh, I think so. Um, so, new guidelines to recap. You don't need a pap till you're 25 years old. If it's negative for HPV, then it's every five years now. Yay. No matter the age. No matter the age. No matter the age. Because it used to be they separated you under 30 or over 30. Um, but now it's every five years if you're HPV negative. Um, and after 65, if you've had, I think it's 10 years of normal PAPs, which is two now, right? Um, no more PAPs at all. And the cool thing is, is co-testing, it might cost more to add the test, but you're not doing anything extra. Right. It's not like an extra thing that we have to do that takes up time or um, feels uncomfortable. And the only exception to this is if you're a person that has increased risk. So if you have a suppressed immune system, like HIV, organ transplant, if you've been on long-term steroid treatments, or you've been exposed to DES in utero, which we're almost done with that generation, then um, it's recommended that you are screened more often um, because your body's more susceptible to the virus. You're not going to fight off that virus as well as someone who doesn't have those things. That's it. New guidelines every five years if you're negative. I don't even know when the last time I had a pack was. I did it. I know. I did was you? there. What does my vagina look <laughs> like? Did we take a picture of it? We did not, but no. I did it. Um, when you were Is it cute a student, and pink? Is it a little bit? You're about five years. It, it was cute? adorable. I knew it. <laughs> Anyways, it's Midwife Monday. And we'll, we'll post them on our website. Yep. I'll post at least a link. Okay. All right. Oh, gosh, my husband. Season means experience. It means you have so much knowledge. Yeah, but Chris, she wasn't looking for that answer. <laughs> she wasn't looking for intellectual. She was looking, do I look hot? And you said season. So. Well, he hates long hair and he. When he sees long hair, he thinks of it like being gross and long and it falling in the toilet. So, so he really automatic. thinks I'm gross. Thanks, Chris. Your hair's about like mine. Um, yeah. That's why I always have short hair because my man thinks it's gross. All right. Well, Are those gone when they do a leap? Yes, Gindy, when they, they actually do cut out the cancer cells. So, but they still want you to screen because if you are someone who can't clear that HPV virus, then you're more susceptible to the changes. But the good thing is, is HPV um, is really slow at causing cellular changes. It's a really slow process. So um, that's kind of nice. It's not a real aggressive little cancer. I think that's all the questions. That's it. Yeah, my grandma had cervical cancer and had to have a full hysterectomy, but that was back in the day. Yeah, my best friend's mom did too. She didn't do well. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Have a good day. We'll see you next week.